Well, good morning, church. It's great to see you again today, uh, to see you virtually. Um, I can see myself right now, but uh, I can imagine you all sitting in your lounges and in front of your TVs, your phones, and, and joining in today. Uh, I want to wish you, ladies, a happy Mother's Day today. Today's Mother's Day, and it's uh, great that we can honour you and celebrate you for all you are and all you do, uh, whether you're a mum or whether you're not. You're a very, very special person, and we just want to we just want to celebrate and honour you today. And today, I also want to honour one special mother, one special woman, uh, my wife. Uh, today, we've been married forty years. Uh, she said to put up with me for forty years. That's pretty good going, isn't it? And so. Uh, Honey, I want to thank you for 40 years of wonderful years of marriage together. You've been awesome and you are awesome. And I just thank you for everything you are and everything you've done. So, mums, happy Mother's Day. During this time of lockdown, many people have been doing serious thinking. What's really important in life? You know, we often get so busy, we don't think about these things. What's important? What really matters and what doesn't matter? Do some of the things I previously considered important really matter at all? What should be my priorities from now on? And I think that's a good thing for us to look at in this time of lockdown. We're coming probably to the uh, close of it and coming to level two soon. But in this time of lockdown, it's, it's a good time to look at our lives and, and to, dis, dis, to decide what's important. What's important to me? What's important into the future as we go forward? Personally, I believe God's saying to us two things. Two things really matter. Above all the other things that are important, two things really matter. Firstly, our connecting with God. How is our relationship with Him? Our relationship with Him really matters. And secondly, our connecting with with people. And, and during this time of lockdown, we've been separated from people and we've realized how important it is to be with other people, how much we miss the relationships that we took for granted so easily before. Connecting with people, connecting with God, probably the two most important things in our life. How are we doing in those two areas? How connected are we with God? How connected are we with one another? Are we in a connect group? Are we taking steps to be in a connect group? Because as we move into, into alert level two, connect groups are going to become so much more important for each one of us. Are we connected with one another? So now is a good time to do a spiritual stock take, to look at what we're doing as individuals to what we're doing as a church in light of what really matters. And I think the best place for us as a church to start is our core values. What makes us who we are? What defines us as a church? And the first of our core values says this, God and his word are number one in all we do. That means we value his presence, his power, his passion, and his principles. Now, if we value his presence and his power, how do we intend to increase those things in our lives? What will help us to see God working in our lives and services powerfully? To see God, to see people healed, to see people saved, set free, filled with the Holy Spirit. What can we do to enhance those things in our lives? Is there something God's people can do 
to release the power of God in their midst. And we look at Psalm 22, verse 3, we read this. In, first of all, in the King James Version, I don't tend to use King James, but we'll start there. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. The Amplified puts it this way, you who dwell in the praises of Israel. And NIV says this, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One, you are the one Israel praises. Or the alternative translation in the NIV, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. So we see here more than a suggestion that praise and worship releases God's kingdom rule. You are enthroned, you dwell in, you rule in the praises of your people. Hence his power and his presence become more real in our midst in the place of praise and worship. So if this is the case, then we need to take a bit of, a, bit of time over the next few weeks to look at this whole area of praise and worship, to look at it more carefully. Uh, as I was preparing for this message, I, I, I went through the concordance and I looked at every word, every mention of praise and worship. And I, I did a study based on that. And I, I looked at what praise and worship really means. Why is it important? Who should do it? What happens when we do it? How do we do it effectively? We're, of course, not going to look at every Bible verse. It would take us forever. So from that in, in, in intensive study, I've, I've separated out the categories so that we can do a little study together over the next few weeks and see what the Bible says about praise and worship. But this morning, I want us to look at the first area. What, what is important? Why is praise and worship important? Today, we'll look at why we can't ignore this area in our lives as Christians. And we're going to see that praise and worship should be a priority for each one of us in our daily lifestyle and in our church gatherings. So let's go through the Bible, just do a little bit of a study this morning. What does the Bible say about praise and worship and why it's important? In John chapter 4, in verses 23 and 24, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well and they're having a, a discussion about praise and worship, about worship where you should worship, the woman says, should we worship on this mountain? You people worship here, should we? And we worship here. Who's right? So they're having a discussion about praise and worship. And Jesus says something very interesting in verse 23 and 24. He says, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now we'll look at this particular passage later on in the study, but not today. And then he goes on, he says, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. But the, the piece I want to take out of this verse this morning is that these are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. In the context of the worship, the corporate worship of God's people, we read there that praise and worship is something that God is looking for in each one of us. It's a requirement, not an optional extra. It's a necessary part of our relationship with God. The Father seeks us to praise and worship him. Why? Why is it so important that God would seek us to do it? In Psalm 50 verse 23, we read this, those who sacrifice thank offerings 
Honour me, and to the blameless I will show my salvation. Those who sacrifice thank offerings, honour me. Praise and worship is important because it brings glory and honour to God. And anything we do that brings glory and honour to God has to be important. We have to take it seriously. In Psalm 118, verse 28, we read, You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Praise and worship acknowledges who God is and what he does. First of all, what, who he is. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. We praise him, we worship him, because he is God. He is who he is. Not so much, firstly, what he does, but he is who he is. He's God, so he deserves our praise and worship. In Psalm 63, verse 3 and 4, we read this. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. We praise him as an expression and an appreciation of his love for us. Because he loves us, we praise him. And in Psalm 52 verse 9, For what you have done, I will always praise you in the presence of your faithful people. I will hope in your name, for your name is good. For what you have done, I will always praise you. We praise God. We express our thanksgiving to God because of what he's done. We praise him for who he is. He's God. We praise him for his love. He loves us unconditionally. And we praise him for the good things he has done in each one of our lives. Praise and worship is so important. It is so powerful in our lives. But in Psalm 33, we find something else about praise and worship. And this excited me when I found it. Psalm 33, verses 1 to 3. We read this. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with a harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. But the part I want to focus on is the first part of that passage. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. And we read that and we think, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good thing to do. It, it's, it's, it's appropriate. But that word fitting means more than appropriate. It actually comes from a word that means to be at home. Now think of that for a moment. We are at home when we praise him. We were created to be a praising people. When we praise, we return to our default setting. When we praise and when we worship, we are fully at home. And we've just been finishing a study in Revelation, and we see many times through the book of Revelation that doorway to heaven, the heavenlies is open. The throne room of God is exposed to us, and we see praise and worship there. We see the beasts and the elders. We see, we see the, the, the heavenly creatures bowing before the Lord, crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Praise and worship uh, abounding in heaven. Praise and worship is the language of heaven. And when we praise and worship, we are speaking the language 
of home. When we speak other language, we're speaking a foreign language. When we speak the language of doubt and negativity, when we speak the language of, de- of despair, that's not the language of home. That's the language of this world. But when we speak the words of praise and worship, when we let praise and worship come from our mouths, we're beginning to speak the language of home. We're beginning to declare that which is from the heart of God. Praise and worship is our home language. And the more we speak it, the more we do it, the more we're beginning to live as if we were at home. Psalm 50 verse 23. Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me and to the blameless I will show my salvation. The next thing that praise does is it prepares the way for God's work in us. That's why it's important. Praise builds a pathway It prepares the way in our lives for more of God's work of salvation to be done. The more we praise God, the more we release praise and worship in our hearts to God, we are opening our hearts for God to work within us more and more and more. So I encourage you people, be a praising people. The more you praise God, the more you allow praise and worship to come from your heart, you are opening your heart to more of the work of God within you. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. This is a, the, 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 a picture of the, of the temple and going through different gates, different doorways into the place where God dwelt in the Holy of Holies. And the psalmist says this, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The entranceway into the very presence of God is praise and worship. Praise brings us into the place of experiencing God's tangible presence like nothing else. And I know when I sit and when I praise and worship God, when I, when I uh, put good music on and when I listen to it and I enter into that in my heart, something happens within me. I sense God's presence like never before. Praise brings us into the place of experiencing God's tangible presence. And lastly, Philippians 4, verse 4 to 8. Paul says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What's Paul saying here? He's saying, people, praise realigns your focus. As you become a thanking people, a praising people, your focus shifts from the problems that are going on around you. Your focus shifts from the things that are happening in your heart. Your focus shifts from the things that are happening in your circumstances. Your focus shifts on a shortage of money. It shifts from a bad health. It shifts from pain and suffering. It shifts from the things that you're experiencing into another realm. It shifts to where God is himself. It lifts our eyes and keeps our perspective clear. Praise helps us to see life in the light of heaven. 
So Paul is saying, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It's so important, people. It's so important that we be a praising people. It's so easy to treat praise and worship as an optional extra, you know. It's so easy to treat even the worship time and church services as something that we take or leave, to not give it the importance it deserves. Often we can use that time to switch off, to play with our phones or play with the kids or read the bulletin or just be late and miss it. But to do that is to shortchange ourselves. As we've seen in the Word of God, praise is vitally important. It's not just a would you like fries with that kind of thing. It's, it's really, really important for our well-being. Not only does God require it of us, but it's an important means to God accomplishing his purposes in us. As we praise him, things change. The atmosphere changes. Our circumstances can even change. We change as we praise and worship God. Isn't that amazing? That the, the praise and worship that comes from our lips actually changes us. We change as we surrender ourselves to him. Folks, let's begin to see praise in a different light. In this new season that's ahead of us, whatever it looks like, let's become a praising people. God deserves it. We deserve it. The world around us deserves it. I want to finish by reading Psalm 95, verses 1 to 7. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can be a praising people. We thank you that in praise and in worship, we get to express all that heaven is like. We get to express all that you are like. And Lord, as we do that, you can begin to change us and move through us and move in our circumstances in ways that we just don't understand. So Father, we just pray that as a church, we would become a praising church, that we would see you as number one, that we would seek you first in everything we are and do. Lord, that we would seek to praise you and worship you with all of our hearts and all of our mind and all of our strength. Lord God, help us to, to take praise and worship in, in, in the context that you see it as important in our lives. And we pray that you would work within us as we do so. Lord, we surrender ourselves to you as nation's church. We pray for the days that are ahead of us, whatever they are going to look like. We pray for your blessing upon us, your blessing upon our families, your blessing upon our children, your blessing upon our extended family. Lord, we pray for your blessing upon our city and upon our nation. We pray, Lord God, that many would come to know you and see you as you are. But Lord, that can only happen as we, your people, are more released to you. So we pray you would help us in that, in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We all said, Amen. God bless you, Nations Church. We love you. We appreciate you.
and uh, we just glorify God alongside you. God bless you.